What's up, Fight Fan? You're listening to MMA Daily, the podcast where we bring you the latest in the world of mixed martial arts. It is Monday, December 19th, 2022, and this week's episode, Bloody Christmas and a Happy New Year. We'll talk about the final UFC event of 2022, UFC Vegas 66, and the middleweight fight between Jared Cannonier and Sean Strickland. We'll talk about the latest in MMA news. A former champion returns on March 25th against a top-ranked contender making her own return. And we'll cap off the show talking about Bellator versus Ryzen on New Year's Eve. Roberto Sosa against AJ McKee. Kleber Koik against Patricio Pitbull Freira. And, of course, the annual Christmas gift exchange in on MMA Daily. We have several fighters who are expected to get quite the quite the presence in their stocking. <laughs> my name is Gabriel Gonzalez, and I'm joined by my co-host, Natalie Zamudio. Hello, Double G. Are you a, uh, a World Cup man? Are you? Do you have any feelings about how this all went down yesterday? Oh, of course. I was, ex- uh, I was so ecstatic for Messi. I thought it was beautiful. I thought it was uh, obviously like a big, um, you know, he's the guy who's given so much to the game. And to know that for himself, he got that monkey off of his back, so to speak. And what was an epic game. And obviously, you got another goat coming up in Mbappe that everyone should really show their respect to. I mean, it was beautiful. What about you? Yeah, I got to tell you, usually I tune in for World Cup. You know, my mom's like the kind of person that actually wakes up in the middle of the night to watch because it's always somewhere far away. This year, I was pretty negligent but we did wake up early to watch this and it was like one of the most exciting world cup games there have been some good ones you know whenever they make it to the penalty phase you know you're gonna (laughs) like you know you've been there for a long time first of all and and you know it's gonna be some heck of a of a finish so this was thrilling man like the way it went back and forth to to argentina to france and then they both score in overtime like you can't script it um, my big takeaway, because I have watched a lot of World Cup finals, is the, the silence, the level of quiet at the end when Argentina won. Why? Because they were all sobbing. Like, they were all just hugging and crying. They weren't jumping. They weren't screaming. They weren't. It was the quietest victory I've seen. It took them about 10 minutes to finally start jumping around and cheering and stuff. Uh, that was impressive. And if you're familiar with the famous, uh, you know, Univision Telemundo commentator. If you haven't seen his reaction on Twitter, he is from Argentina. I highly recommend you check it out. Um, that's like pure, pure gold. The emotion in his voice and in his face when he gets to announce that Argentina finally, after so many years, won the gold, the World Cup. So it was pretty awesome. Uh, you know, my family's from Peru. And so normally we, you know, you're not rooting for Argentina if Peru's mm-hmm. anywhere close to being there. But you, you always pick South America over uh, over Europe. So this this was definitely a rooting for Argentina on this uh, in this family over here. It was exciting, man. It was it was pretty awesome. Oh yeah, it was so epic. I I really enjoyed it. Um, not 2026 coming up in four years in the the Americas. In the Americas, yeah. Yes, USA, Canada, and Mexico, but um expected to be some scenes so i am ready for it but let's talk about what we had on saturday as yes, well sir. um usc vegas 66 jared kenneer sean strickland I, I i will be honest if you told me what's the most likely scenario uh in this fight a five rounder 
that looked the way it did was very low on my list. I actually thought that um, if we're in the fifth round, it's because uh, Sean was probably getting things done and Jared was going to be more fatigued. And in all honesty, I thought it was actually a little bit of the opposite. I thought that Jared did a pretty good job managing his energy. I think that just um, when you talk about the power, when you talk about the uh, the damage, the shot, uh, the impact of Jared's shots was just outperforming those coming from Strickland. Now this fight ended up being uh, one of those awkward ones kind of to score because while Jared was getting was starting to make it show on Sean's face. Sean Strickland was still throwing quite a lot, and there were times where Jared kind of was struggling to get the, find the mark a little bit, and then Sean's volume kind of feels like it's starting to creep into the scorecards a little bit. So I understand why the fight, people also saw it as like, oh, split decision, and did Sean really eke those rounds out? I will say that Sean Strickland getting those rounds, but Magomed Ankalaev not getting them the week before. That kind of felt like, well, once again, what are we doing with the, the scoring? But, you know, to the credit, once again, that's why we had a split decision. I did feel like Jared had stayed ahead, but I also see a bit of an argument why some of those rounds weren't at quite as clear-cut as they seem to be. So, I, I definitely get it. I thought it was just a... um. You know, there was no dramatic. You would have thought someone would have gotten knocked down or something happened. And instead, it just was a very accumulation of the points kind of fight. And I thought that that made for an interesting one to score. What about you? Yeah, it was interesting to score because they were kind of... No one did anything truly big um, throughout the whole course of the five rounds. but And so they were kind of going back and forth with a little more of a pop from Jared or Sean here and there throughout the, the, the fight. And so I, I definitely understand why it was not a, just a straight down the line, clear cut split decision made sense to me. Be, and, and for Jared, it made sense because as I was watching, you know, even though Sean Strickland had a steady pace of shots, Jared's punches he threw them with ferocity and velocity and i think that just makes more of an impact an impression on the judges everything he did was setting his you know his stance throwing something heavy even if it wasn't that hard it it looked like it just had more oomph behind it and so it's kind of like when you know two fighters one fighter has long hair and the other one doesn't and, and the guy with the long hair gets hit, maybe not as much, but his hair is flopping around more. So it kind of looks like he's getting, he's eating more shots or he's eating harder shots. It was just a, almost a little bit of a matter of optics uh, for Jared Cannonier. And I think that's why he got the nod. I, I have no issues with it. You know, I'll talk a little more about, you know, when we get into the Beltran Ryzen, um, sort of the pressure of, of being the last fight of the year. And, you know, you want to go into the new year with a win. But so for Sean Strickland, I, you know, I could see why he was extra disappointed. But I think it's fair, man. Like he just didn't do enough to overcome what Jared was was throwing at him. And and that's it, man. Like if you're going to fight someone like Jared Cannonier, you got to beat him clearly. And Sean did not do that in my eyes. Okay, no, I, I definitely uh, understand where you're coming from. I think let's go ahead and let's talk about, you know, what is coming next in uh, for, for the for Jared Cannonier. 
I think the big question mark is what is the deal with Paulo Costa? And so obviously they had said, oh, you know, Whitaker Costa in February. Costa has come out publicly and said, I have signed no such paperwork. I have, you know, I I am free agent. You know, we are, I think they are in the quote once again, um, restricted free agent period, which is to say you have completed your contract, but technically you cannot sign with a new company. You know, in other sports, your team, in this case, the promotion does have a right to draft a new contract and present it to you, which you can then accept or deny, you know, and then after a certain point, you're welcome to go anywhere else, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Kayla Harrison, case in point. I know that uh, Whitaker talked to the submission radio guys and Whitaker did say, I know all this stuff is going on, but I firmly believe Paulo Costa will be in the cage opposite me on Febru- in February. Mm-hmm. I bring that up because I feel like if it doesn't, obviously that puts two major guys up there for Jared that would make sense. Obviously, he's fought Whitaker before. It's been about two years. They both had a couple fights since then. Um, certainly, Costa and Jared would make a lot of sense. Former title challengers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so that to me feels like the kind of fight that would be next for Jared. If it's not Costa, I, I, I'd be lying if I said it isn't a little difficult. I mean, you just got Marvin Vittori and Roman Delizzi, so they are now removed from the board a little bit. So. You can, uh, I, I mean, you could throw Hamzat Chimaev in there, but really I think that Hamzat is just waiting for Colby or title shot. So I think that Jared may be on the the back burner for a minute. I mean, obviously if, um, I was even going to say, yeah, Arasanya, they just fought this year, so that's even off the board. Um Really, I, I think we're just in a holding pattern if you're Jared Cannonier. Just guys ahead of him are booked, or the other guys that would make sense are already booked. So I think we're in a holding pattern, but if anything comes up with Whitaker or Costa, maybe try to sneak into that slot. What about you? Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, you know, first of all, Costa just... I mean, he's just going to Costa. <laughs> he's always going to say something controversial just to keep the, the the words flowing in his favor or at least in his name um, with the media. So, you know, I don't, I don't put much stock in him saying, Oh, I don't have a contract. Oh, you're going to fight. Just come on now. But if he doesn't, yeah, Jared's right there. And um, being in a holding pattern for Jared, maybe that's not such a bad thing because it's the holidays. It's kind of better to not have to worry about, you know, who's next yet. And um, he's still ranked third, you know, so he knows there's not like there's much security in a a number three ranking in the UFC because, you know, sometimes it means a lot, sometimes it doesn't. But I think it's okay here. I think it it still has value for him. And I think he'll be close to uh, getting something booked soon. And and if I were him, if I really was interested in the Whitaker fight, I would start jumping on it then, right? If, if Costa's playing coy, uh, if I'm Cannoneer, I'll just say, hey, um, I'm, I'm cool with it. You know, I, I don't need to sign the contract right now to, to confirm that I'm in. So if Costa uh, wants to play this game, uh, UFC Dana White 
I don't need to play the game. You can you can book me right now. So that that's a move for him. That's an option that he has if he's really interested in that fight. But I mean, I think waiting is okay too. Real quick, uh, if they said Jared versus Drakus Duplessis, like mm-hmm. it or is Drakus still need one more fight before he fights a guy like Jared? Yeah, I think if I'm Jared, I would say no. That doesn't make sense for me. Uh, for Drakus, that's a that's a great fight. But yeah, if I'm Jared, I would say no. Um, like, <laughs> what have I done to you that you want to? Like, it, he's still in the position to be looking upward, you know. And so I don't think that makes sense for him. For I sure, I would take it. I would take it. Stylistically, though, that'd be a lot of fun. Too. Well, yes, yes, of course, yeah. I just wanted to bring that up. Before. I completely agree with you, but I'm like, but wait, that's good. Well, it's a <laughs> good know? matchup. Yes, you, you, you made a good one there. That, that, <laughs> that would that out. <laughs> that would be a banger. You know, I'm just saying because. Uh, if you think about it, let's say Whitaker Costa does come to fruition. Those guys that we're talking about should be available for Jared aren't going to be ready for nearly the summer. You know, it's uh, yeah. it, it, it's a really tough position to be in. Maybe if something happens with Vittorio Delizzi sneak into that fight. But, you know, I, I acknowledge right here on Monday morning, it's going to be a little tough for Jared. But, you know, crazier things happen all the time. Who knows? Um, let's talk about some of the highlights from the undercard. Obviously, there were a couple big finishes. Um, I'm going to go a little bit out of order. Uh, Drew Dober, Bobby Green. That was a... Uh, I mean, people knew that was going to be a banger, but I don't think people expected it to go down quite the way it did. First off, Bobby looked fantastic, and I think it kind of reminded people... I know what his record looks like, and it could be a little up and down. Always, He always brings it, but you know... There's guys who have gotten the better of him and you feel like, okay, you know, kind of in that part of the pack, so to speak. And then Drew Dober, he's another guy. He's had a, you know, put some wins together and he's kind of also looking for his breakthrough. He had that exciting comeback against Terrence McKinney. And where it feels like, hey, Bobby Green's about to really end his year on a high note and Drew Dober just comes in and Bam! Takes him out. That Very, very fun fight. Um, I know people already have their picks in, but sleeper for comeback of the year. Just the style points from Drew Dober. I really enjoyed it. It was it was exactly what you want to see in a UFC fight, right? All the drama. And, yeah, man, Bobby Green was just owning him round one. Hands down, popping off on him left and right. Just cruising to a victory and busting drew dover up too so it wasn't pity pat right it was these shots had impact they were they were they were bloodying up drew's face and like i can't remember who's drew dover's coach was it a nixick no he's in um um colorado i don't think he's part of the trevor whitman crew but uh yeah he's up there anyway so whoever did that gave him good advice right Something about a punch on the one and the three or something like, a, a you know, you got to change up your, your rhythm and it worked. He came out more aggressive and then he did something where he, yeah, he really changed the rhythm. So instead of just going, you know, left, right, right, left, whatever, back and forth, he, he fired off, I think three left hooks in a row. And so Bobby green is, is bobbing and weaving and in, and he and that's how he got caught. He you know he he bobbed in the wrong direction, expecting the punch to come from the other arm, and it didn't. And he just got knocked out cold. Um, it was a stunning 
victory for Drew Dober, but like you just can never count anybody out, man. And Bobby Green knew it. He knew he just got caught. He got he sat up and stood up and was just like, man, you got me. It is what it is. It stings because that was just looking like a great victory against a strong name for Bobby Green, and then it ended up backfiring on him. Uh, so props to Drew Dober. One, he has a heck of a chin. Two, he can follow directions, uh, you know, corner advice very well. And three, like being able to execute, stay calm under all that pressure. That's a, that's a big win for him, man. Oh, for sure. I thought it was just quite a lot. Um, a plus call out Jalen Turner. Jalen looks game. I think that that's going to obviously make for a good fight. It looks like, uh, you know, that might be on deck. So I'm here for it. Yeah. Uh, Alex Caceres, I mean, you know, just really an, uh, just one of those uh, evergreen kind of fighters. You know, he one. um he takes good care of his skin and everything. That this <laughs> this young man doesn't. This man doesn't look like he's aged since he was on Tough. No. You know he hasn't really, you know, racked up the years quite as much. But look, I mean, went out there, kind of felt like, all right, you know, is it a building block, stepping stone for someone else? And instead, he went out there with some style points. I thought he had one of the more memorable, memorable quips with uh paul felder like you Mm -hmm. know i just learned you know that everyone is this and that and paul felder i mean we don't usually hear guys like bust chops like this he's like i just i just realized this and then paul felder's like just (laughs) now now? (laughs) (laughs) like no 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 like oh my god it made for um yeah we don't get it that often it made for some good television what about you yeah it was a it was funny uh that was a funny moment in the interview but Alice Cacera is just getting deep with us, you know. I mean, he, he always has something interesting to say. And, you know, the thing about, how was it, courage? And uh, always fight with honor, and, and you hope the courage comes too. But at least if you're, if you're, if you're doing something with honor, then, then it almost doesn't matter. Um, but the move, man, that was slick. You know, he, he kind of whiffed with the hook. And I don't know if it was planned for the leg to come up right away, but it sure looked like it was something that was just, ingrained in him you know when you practice something over and over again it's just automatic and that's what looked like it happened the interesting thing about that kick you know he brings the leg up and doesn't pop the the knee out until it's almost at the top and so you think how do you generate all that power your hips already fully extended but he did it it almost looked like a tap but it, it it impacted like a whack and just you know erosa went down and it was a pretty cool unexpected finish from Alex Caceres so you know for him it's a it's like imagine if that was the way you finished out your year like you're gonna be riding pretty high right oh for sure Uh, for sure and um obviously he'll continue to get a good spot on the card you know on his next outing um final one though Rafa Garcia uh, defeated uh you know I always Maheshate I believe it is yeah but look um unanimous decision Obviously had to go through, you know, battle it out after you get cut like that. But then it's like the aftermath that really, I mean, this one kind of came out of left field. Don't hear about this one. Cub Swanson essentially narrates it for us, says that the cut on Rafa's head that really started bleeding was because he actually, like, Maheshe cut through an artery in the head of Rafa Garcia. Mm -hmm. And Cub Swanson says that Rafa essentially was bleeding out for about two hours before the UFC doctors were able to uh, stop it. Rafa, I believe I saw a comment. He said that 
the doctor said he lost about 20% of his blood from that cut. There's a lot of photos that make it look like a crime scene, like someone got murdered. Yeah. It was, I mean, what is just your reaction, mostly to the photos and then, of course, to the, the facts when you hear that? Yeah, the photos are shocking. The, cult, the brightness of the blood, you know, it's like just bright, bright red, man, that's fresh. And that's like, there's no time for it to like to oxidize, to get all gross and dark. Like it's just pouring right out of them. Uh, the thing that caught my attention initially at the moment of impact is the way the blood appeared on his chest, on his shoulder and chest. It was like spurting out. And that's not something you typically see in MMA. It's something you typically see in like Kill Bill Volume 1. You know, when <laughs> Uma Thurman's out there just, just amputating arms and you see the blood spurting out like that to me was was shocking but more shocking is that they never the ref never stepped in to stop to at least take a look the amount of blood that was pouring out to me was like a big would have been a big red flag if I was the ref now he was kind of taking a close look at it and you know there was a corner you know he did go through one corner uh, one round in the with the corner of the cut man, right? Um, but there was nothing they could do then. You saw it. He, he, as soon as he stood up, the blood started coming out again. So I'm surprised that fight was allowed to continue because there was so much blood coming out in the cage. It couldn't have felt good. Like you must, there's no way you don't feel a little bit depleted by that. And so the fact that he was able to win the way he did, muscling through, using his wrestling, the guy is a, is a warrior and beyond. Then when you find out what actually was going on in his in his scalp, um, my my next question is why did they wait two hours to try and get it to stop? I, I would have thought at that point an hour in, thirty minutes in, you go to the hospital. So that it's a little bit questionable. Well, not that it, they, they waited two hours, but like it took them two hours to, like they were working on him for two hours. I know, man, but at a, that's what I'm saying is that you would think that. Oh, like they would have just sent him, hey, you know, no yeah, more Apex like doctor, we're let's get you. on this an hour in. I think you should go to the hospital. You need something, you know, something's up here. So that is very um, startling to me. But okay, they, they managed to, to stop it. Um, my other final thought is the, the smell, man, the iron in the cage. I don't know if the fans in the Apex could have caught whiff of that because there was so much blood there. There's no way that you don't, you don't, you don't smell iron everywhere. And, um, it must have just been terrible for Mahishates. I can't I remember if that's the right pronunciation. Oh, but good. imagine how grossed out he must have been. Like, I know you're a warrior and you're fighting and you expect blood, but that was <laughs> that must have been terrible for him. Oh part of me was thinking he probably just wanted to quit because it was so gross. I mean, this is Loki like uh back to like Ultima Fighter One that clip like Dana White, like, do you want to be an effing fighter? Yeah. <laughs> this is you know, that's one of the things I was thinking, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, Rafa Garcia, just very tough, you know, very just, I mean, that's just my thing. Like, you know, you do not play fighting. Do you want to be a fighter? Yeah. This is what you go through. It's not just hand raise and flex, you know, with the ring girls behind you and the fans in front of you. It's uh, it's quite a lot of something, you know? So, yep. Yeah. Yeah, but... um. Quite the night. Um, that is the final UFC event of the year. Uh, let's touch on this real quick. Just final thoughts on just uh, the UFC in general. Obviously, they are the 
leader of the business. Uh, I don't think that's even a, a debate. So when you think about it, titles changing hands, there was a lot of Apex cards. There was a lot more travel with, uh, you know, London and uh, Long Islands and the Dallases of the world, Houston's of the world. What are your thoughts on the UFC schedule this year? Well, it was um, pretty, pretty solid, man. I mean, this was, I don't, I don't know if this is officially the first year they're back in full swing from the pandemic. I mean, they were the first ones out the gate. We know that. But they're definitely stopping off in more, more places. Still too many Apex fights for my, uh, you know, for my, for my taste. Hopefully they, they start branching out even more throughout, you know, the U.S. Um, you know, I get it, though. It's cheaper. And um, the fights are basically, you know, you, you, there's no way to know if the fights would be any better if you were in front of a, a bigger live audience. But, okay. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's my, my main thing is everything was the, – the pay-per-views mostly all delivered. Um, too many apex fights though and, and and that's it now i'm not trying to sound ungrateful because it's still my my favorite form of sports entertainment um mma and ufc specifically so um i think they're doing great they're doing great <laughs> but like uh let's let's get back to the people some more i get what you're saying you know so uh i've seen this I've, i know it's a thing online i've had this talk on in other places I think that something you gotta that maybe is a little lost is that while the roster is bigger than ever before, the schedule of events. And I don't know if this is a contractually obligated number that the UFC has with ESPN and their other broadcast partners around the world. But you know, you think about it on average every week the UFC is on. If a month has four or five weeks, let's say a month has about five weeks like pillar to post uh-huh. four of them tend to have ufc events running yeah yeah and quite bluntly when you think about okay there's 13 or so odd weight classes 15 rank fighters in each one quite bluntly that is still too many events to say you can necessarily stack every card traveling on the road every time and now mind you uh, the UFC brand does carry its own following. If it's UFC, we'll watch it, even if it's not the biggest card, so to speak. Mm-hmm. That being said, I do feel that the only thing I can imagine is that, one, they are very committed to, hey, if we are going to go through the effort of booking a venue, like, a, you know, th- these arenas are not cheap, right? Right. Book it sell it out all this all the work that goes into you know packing up the circus and traveling with the tent yeah i think they do want like hey this needs to be a home run when we do it think the um was it the houston fight night with uh i think it was cater and emmett i don't know one of them were with uh robocop and yanez and all of them it popped off um they're like if we're gonna have a fight night it needs to be like that when you think about some of the other cards where maybe it's a little bit more about developing some of these contender series and ultimate fighters contestants and all that i do understand the convenience of hey smaller apex we're still running the show on saturday but there's just you know 
there's less stress about, hey, we need to really stack this event to sell it out. No, there's only about 50 or something odd seats in the apex. You'll be fine. So I do think there's a little bit of that going on in why do they not return to their schedule? There's more events than before. And I think there's more expectation on the UFC. If you're going to travel, you really need to sell out this in order to justify all the production and the effort to get it on the road. Do you get what I mean? I do. I totally get what you mean. I guess I'm just thinking like you used to do it. Why can't you go back to doing it? But obviously it's a money thing. A thousand percent. I completely agree with you. I think it uh, clearly adds to it. I think that a lot of people would be, um, you know, uh, just a little bit. um, It it would just be great. It got it's a part of it to go on the road, but it definitely is a bit of that going on. Um, I thought the year was great from a UFC standpoint. I thought that when you look at the stars that you kind of were able to create, I mean, Paddy Pimblett is his own thing now. Obviously, Alex Pereira. I mean, when you started in January, we said, okay, are they taking the short route or the long road? He's now one of the guys, one of the title holders. Obviously, a guy like Leon Edwards, second champion from the UK, is a big deal. Um... There's uh, quite a lot, you know, going on. Islam Mahachev, obviously, you know, now that's another guy accessible to another whole part of the world and a market for the UFC to really have being one of the faces as a title holder. Um, I think it's big. I think that it obviously poises the UFC for a big year travel-wise. To go back to that, I mean, you got to think Islam as a champion back in the Middle East is huge. You got to think Francis Ngannou, if they could get him to Africa, another huge one. Um, So you got to, there's a lot to look forward to this year. And for sure, just the continued development, you get more breakthrough fighters and this and that. It makes for just so much fun. What about you? Yeah, you make some some good points. There's a lot of, yeah, the, the, the fighters at the top, it's more of a global presence than it has ever been i think just if you look across all champions and even if you go down a few ranking you know number rankings one two it's like okay we're we're really all over the world now aren't we um so so that's a big deal and that definitely opens the door for opportunities to do big shows in in many places um so yeah does that put the ufc in a good footing for next year i think so if if they're willing to spend a little money capitalize on on these figures that they have and um yeah if i'm if i'm taking a step back and looking i'm like man you know and all in africa ufc africa would be would be awesome also ufc hawaii you know either one (laughs) i would be all for that oh yeah for sure get max holloway out there let's just get it done you know what i mean Mm -hmm, exactly um, another uh, bit of news that we got very late in the game, but I really appreciate it. Holly Holm taking on Yana Kunitskaya. It looks like this one is targeted for March 25th. I just realized I'm not entirely sure if it's the main event. It could be possible that they try to get a bigger fight on there. Obviously, that card was supposed to have Anthony Smith, Jamal Hill. Not going to rehash it. Obviously, things are moved now with Jamal fighting Glover next month. It could be they find someone for Anthony Smith or they move another fight. Or if they can't shuffle the deck, maybe Holly just gets another headliner. Um, But Holly, obviously coming off the loss to Ketlin Vieira in May. 
Yana hasn't fought in two years. She just gave birth to their first child with UFC veteran, now PFL fighter, Tiago Santos. But prior to that, she was actually doing really well. She's got a win over Ketlin, but did lose to uh, Irena Aldana in 2021. So this is another girl who's been putting in work. Could, you know, in the Amanda Nunes era, get to that title shot maybe sooner rather than later. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, this is, look, man, I'm going to tell you the truth. My first thought is, well, how long ago did she give birth? Do you know? Um, I want to say it was like in late 2021, maybe even early, early this year, like first quarter this year. Okay, so even if it had been like two years ago, I would have been like, what? She's coming back already? That's amazing. Um because I just think, like, man, that takes a lot of work. But, you know, look, you're talking about athletes who go into, you know, having a baby and as athletes. And so they come out and that, that, work, that work ethic is still there. And so, you know, it's probably relatively uh, straightforward to bounce back because it's like something you have to do essentially. It's like another training camp, right? Uh, but I'm thinking of it selfishly and thinking like, oh, man, that, that sounds terribly daunting. In any case... Props to her because that's that's an amazing feat. Uh, you know, we've seen some some fighters do it pretty recently. Um, Mackenzie Dern did it, and uh, Angela Lee, right? Didn't she do it too? Like yes. They just, just come right back, man. That's crazy. That's my first thought. As uh, as someone who's been through it, I just think like, ooh, y'all are mom champs. Um, but but yeah, it's a good matchup. It's a good matchup. Holly Holm, I think, is still the the better all around fighter. So coming off the loss to Ketlin, I would like to see how Holly looks against Yana. Holly's looks to be in the best shape she's been, but now she's starting to get, you know, injuries here and there and the just the the fighting speed, the 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 intervals between fights is getting bigger, it's taking longer, and you know, father time comes for us all. So let's see how she looks. Um and then Yana coming off of her her uh, you know childbirth and all that stuff that that's going to be something too so it's a good matchup both fighters have something to overcome and and there's there you know holly holm is still one of the biggest female names like let's not pretend she isn't and uh yana is also a strong contender in this division so i like it yeah i I think that stylistically it's a lot of fun obviously like you said they have a couple things to overcome um Particularly, maybe a little more for Holly at this stage of the game, right? And if she's still trying to gun for that, you know, top spot in MMA. I know that the just rise in interest in women's boxing, you know, she's even entertained that. Like, hey, you know, like, I came in because nobody was watching women's boxing. And now we're coming on a year with the, you know, Katie Taylor, Amanda Serrano, Clarissa Shields, uh, Michaela Meyer. There's, you know, there's more interest in women's boxing than before. And she's kind of teased. just like, well, you know, it, almost uh, ironically now at this stage after she left women's boxing for opportunities in the UFC, now leave UFC to go back to boxing for some paydays using her name value from MMA, which I think is very interesting. And then obviously for Yana, you know, if you're going to be that breath of fresh air at Bantamweight, you know, in the title picture, this is the kind of win that you really want to secure coming off, uh, you know, the layoff and everything else. 
I do find it interesting. All right, so you book Yana, you book Holly, straight up. I really thought that the the plan was. I really thought they were gonna make Juliana Pena Holly home. I felt like it just made sense. I felt like it was good test. All this other stuff. I know Juliana's been out there pushing for a trilogy with Amanda Nunes. Kellen Vieira is fighting Raquel Pennington in early January. It feels like. Uh, I'll be honest, I feel like they're just in a standstill. Is it going to be Aldana or is it going to be Pena number three for Amanda Nunes next? What are your thoughts? Uh, I think we don't need to see Pena number three right now. Uh, because based on how the third, the second one went, uh, it's pretty clear that you know Nunes is back. And she's back at the top of her, you know, of her capabilities. And I don't think that based on what we saw in the second match that Pena um, will have enough yet to, to offer meaningful opposition. And so give Pena a little bit more time and let all, let, let Nunez, you know, continue to, to, to take on all comers. I love the Irene Aldana matchup. I think I think she is ready for Nunes. It's kind of just like, you know, she's been doing this long enough. What more does she have to do? And she probably doesn't want to wait any longer either. So I'd like to see that first. Um, the downside there for Pena is, is that it could... I suspect that Aldana Nunes will be a really, a really good war. In which case, it kind of pushes Pena aside. So let's say uh, Nunes and Aldana get after it. No matter the outcome, you'll probably want to see a second one. This is just my feeling. And so then that means Pena has to wait longer and longer to get her shot back. And if she's fighting other people in the meantime, it could devalue her, her, her position depending on how she performs against other opponents. So um, it's like a double-edged sword for Pena. It gives her more time. You know, not doing the rubber match gives her more time to get better, but it also puts her at risk of being overlooked, being left behind in the Nunes, you know, conversation. At the end of the day, I like the Aldana matchup more, though. I agree with you. Part of me does feel like uh, I haven't seen it. Well, but truth be told, I feel like no one's really brought it up to Dana to really throw the bucket of water. This kind of feels like Pena's beating the drum, but everyone's listening to the rest of the band, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. I think that, uh, you know, no one's come out and said, Dana, uh, Juliana Pena wants it, you know, we've been talking about him a li- about respectfully a lot more uh, pressing matters, right? Yeah. That being said, I do acknowledge kind of like Figueredo Moreno 4, is this a matter of the star power, like, Remember, Pena got a lot of shine. She obviously, with the title, but Ultimate Fighter. Every Ultimate Fighter, multiple times. It's her, uh, the, 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 I forget, the Resume Builder commercial airing a lot. Um, Indeed? Yeah, was it Indeed? I don't know, but you, you uh, remember. Every Ultimate Fighter, they were airing that commercial with Pena. Right. At the start, in the middle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, my point of that is that would they feel like, hey, you know, as good as Aldana is, this is a dangerous fight for Amanda and Amanda is just going to go like, well, 
there's the sell easier sell against a familiar name to people now in Pena number three. So we'll find out. Like us, like you, I'd prefer the Aldana fight. I feel like there's more heat and everything else in general if you could get Pena a fight with someone else. But once again, I know how pay-per-views sell, so I do acknowledge that. I think it depends where you put Amanda. Is is she supporting a pay-per-view? Then okay, uh, you know maybe it's easier to do Aldana. Is she's kind of the main attraction and maybe some other champion or whoever's under her? Okay, that's another story too. Then maybe you want that familiarity of Pena. But yeah, the way the second fight went, I do think you got to sell it with another fight for Pena first. Yeah. <sighs> Quite a lot. <laughs> we'll figure all that out next week or next episode with yeah, our end of yeah. the year awards. Um before we talk about uh, Christmas and giving away some gifts, I think the biggest thing is going to come from uh, the Bellator show. So we're not doing a show on Christmas weekend. It's a holiday vacation for us. But I do want to acknowledge this is a big event. In doing more research, it's in even... It's just a sleeper of a great card. Um, so straight up, Bellator is bringing a lineup of their biggest stars to compete against several of the stars of Ryzen. At the top of it, former featherweight champion, now lightweight, AJ McKee, taking on Roberto Satoshi. I realize that's his nickname, not his middle name. I didn't know that when I looked at the website, but I just want to point that out. Roberto Souza taking on AJ McKee. Roberto, I believe, the lightweight champion at Ryzen currently. Co-main event, Patricio Pitbull taking on, I'm going to butcher it, Claver Koik, who is the featherweight champion at Ryzen. No titles on the line. Essentially, they are fighting pretty much for the bragging rights. What are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, honestly, my first thought is Bellator and uh, Bellator came through. What do we always talk about when we, um, you know, dig a little deep on on current Bellator fight cards and marketing? Uh, the posters, right? right? I don't know if you've seen the poster for this yet, but it's pretty cool, man. They they have a, a samurai. Uh, soldier all decked out in the regalia and then what looks like a you know roman gladiator for bellator which matches up with you know their their logo and all that stuff we finally got a cool poster here um so this is this is exciting this is promising for the for 2023 that's my first thought two is look we've got some of the the bigger bellator names stepping in stepping up to fight on this end of the year card aj mckee archuleta pitbull like this is pretty awesome, man. You know, Kyoji Horiguchi, I guess he counts as Bellator now. Um, or back and forth. I'm not, I, I, I think I lost track I of that. I think that uh, um, he is signed Bellator right now. So it's a little bit, they are, they booked him because he's familiar to Ryzen fans, yeah. but he is repping Bellator because he kind of got that change up because Ryzen, it was difficult for him to fight. Yeah. So this is actually a, a solid card. And, what I like about it is that, you know, it, I don't know how to say this. It, it's like, I, I look at this lineup and I think, yeah, man, this is, this is exciting. This is a good way to end the MMA year. I'm looking forward to it. And, and, um, you know, I, I got to stop, man. I'm sorry. It's all good. All right. Yeah. That, so obviously the joys of, uh, you know, being a, 
working mother and podcaster. So definitely no worries over that. Um, you know, so to talk about that, yeah, I, I think that Bellator, I, there's two things. One, as an event, I do really like that they are lining it up. I think that this is the most loaded Bellator Ryzen card that we've seen in a while. They've gone to Japan with other stuff and like Rampage Fedor was a big deal. But for sure, the um, the names involved in this one, I would argue, are the best that we've ever seen from a Bellator Ryzen collaboration. Um, if there's one drawback I feel like Bellator has had, and maybe they're going to rectify it with their press conference tomorrow, is that I feel like we got so much push and love for the Stott Sabatello fight, for example. Whereas I feel like this one kind of got a little lost in the shuffle. And now part of that is probably because, okay, you know, there's a lot of coordination with the team and all that in Japan. And, uh, you know, I understand logistically it's harder to get everybody to face off and line up and do all this for the West. I know they did something in Japan with all of the guys. So I do acknowledge that. But I did feel like, and we talked about this, I know AJ McKee, I know Pitbull, I know Archuleta, we've seen Horiguchi. I need to know who the heck Souza and Koik and the guys are for Ryzen. I want to feel like, like, who is this guy? Like, who is this new character in the fighting video game that you got to watch out for? And I felt like I haven't gotten enough of that. And, you know, I think... I'm not alone. There are plenty of fans in the West. When you have a UFC event every week, when you have a steady diet of the Bellators and the PFLs and a lot of the other extracurriculars, LFAs and all that on Fight Pass, it is difficult to say, hey, I have all that room in my repertoire for another roster that, by the way, these guys fight at like 2 a.m. my time. Uh, you know, it, sports are always less exciting when you already know who won, right? I mean, yes, you can go back and watch, but that is lost. So my point of that really being that I do feel like I was not sold enough leading up to this one next week on who the rising guys are. And I feel like that was the only thing missing, Like we, like you said. They have branded it differently. They have loaded it up. They're telling us it's big, but I, I want to feel it. I want to be seeing clips of these guys everywhere and thinking, oh, wait, this guy is fighting AJ. Oof, that's going to be good, you know? So I don't know if I'm getting enough of that. I, look, I'm excited. These are good matchups. I'm excited to see these Bellator names at the end of the year in an exciting card. I love the creativity, the flexibility that Bellator and Ryzen you know, put out into the MMA world. So I'm looking forward to Juan Archuleta. I'll be honest with you guys, you know, not entirely familiar with the Ryzen roster. So I'm looking at the at the records here and seeing that these are just these are just straight up strong matchups. I want to see Juan Archuleta. You gotta help me out here, Double G. Did he win his last fight? I know he's been kind of back and forth since he won the belt and then lost the belt. Oh my was gosh. that his last yeah uh, Archuleta? I, I could have sworn one? his last one he lost to uh mix let me yeah. double check that right now. Um, doo -doo 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 -doo. But in any case, so I'm yeah. I'm I'm hoping that he gets a. You uh, know, he a he did bounce back in October. Okay. Yeah. That he gets a, a a good you know 
New Year's victory. And the same for AJ McKee and Pitbull. Like these are the main Bellator guys. And, and this is a big test, right? You know, some people might shrug it off and say, Oh, you know, it's, it's rising, but like the, the, the guts it takes to put your promotion up against another promotion, even if it's friendly, even if everyone's shaking hands, it's still a big deal. You know, UFC isn't willing to do that. They never will because you don't want to sell your brand and say, and, and give even credit to one fighter in another promotion and say they're better than even one fighter in our promotion if they're, you're the UFC, right? But this is cool, man. Pitbull, AJ McKee, Archuleta, and Kyoji Hiroguchi. Like, I'm tuning in. And, and it's kind of asking a lot of, for someone to tune in on New Year's Eve, but, but this is a good matchup, dude. I think it's better than maybe some of the ones they've had in the past. What do you, what do you think when you look at this? I mean, uh, what I saw from the Ryzen guys, I'm not going to lie, they look tough. And mm-hmm. I think the big um, misconception that we got for a, a long time was this idea that um, kind of like going back to Pride, that it, while you have good fighters, not all of them are necessarily up to par, you know, and uh, with Ryzen, you know, that it's a little, you know, we see this. It's a whole different culture. It's a whole different brand. Like you have the couple noodles and just mm-hmm. like these, I'll say, really pale and pasty legs. Um, you know, it's like, <laughs> oh, these fighters are like, quote, on par with the Bellator UFCs. I, I, I get it. That being said, you got to remember guys like Manel Cape, who won on Saturday, Yuri Prohoshka, two rising guys. So you got to acknowledge there's a very good chance they are on the same level. You just got to do your research. What I've seen, for example, from Souza, this dude's game off of his back. Like, he's tough, and on the feet, it looks like he just scraps. And I appreciate it. The highlights and other fights I saw, you know, the dude gets after it on the feet. But it's when he's on the ground, very creative with his submissions, very aggressive looking for stuff off of his back, which like we talk about a lot, doesn't happen for most of the guys. Like, there's a lot of black belts who you put them on their back and suddenly they're just kind of, you know, holding and, you know, the transitions and all that don't happen. This dude is going for submissions. He's giving people problems from the guard. I was like, okay, I I, I see you. Count into the fact that AJ is still maybe building into his lightweight body. I think that's a big one. And then the same thing from uh, from Koik fighting Pitbull. This is another dude known for his grappling. I saw some great submissions from him and doing my research about him. Um, both of the guys, solid records, by the way. Um, now look, AJ McKee, we know what AJ brings. You got to think the wrestling, a big part of his game too. I don't know if maybe the size when he fights Sosa is going to play a factor, but you got to keep that in mind. Then for Pitbull, I think, uh, once again, it's kind of just about not finding yourself in a grappling exchange with Quake. While Pitbull is good, I do think that uh, Quake is a little more aggressive. So I think that that's going to be the key. Don't, If you're on your back, work on shutting them down and getting to your feet. You don't want to hang out there. You don't want to, you know, test black belts with him. That's not, It may be fun, but it's not the most efficient way to victory. So... There's some tough guys. They, they, they were scrapping. It, it looks like they've loaded up the card for some good fights for Bellator Ryzen. What do you think about the poster? Do you like it? 
I do like the poster. I thought it was very okay. Like, uh, okay, respectfully, there's not a Western gladiator. You have right, a Roman course, gladiator. Yeah. yeah I but I did like the samurai versus gladiator. I, I understood the message, East versus West. And uh, I was like, okay, I, I get it for sure. It was very good. Right? Like, it's it's got color it has creativity it's it's different or i'm 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 at least optimistic about you know what this holds for the future here i do have one gripe okay the poster if you look on the bellator website it's two posters the gladiator one and the samurai and it has the same information and the same lineups on the bottom but they pair them together as one rectangle yeah for the life of me, I don't understand why you wouldn't just make one long poster in front of a neutral color and oh, yeah, just have the I information see. in the middle, the the gladiator and the samurai on the left and right side, and then the lineup of fights in the boxes on the bottom. That's just lazy. They, they could have found a way to blend those together. Yes, and, because, yeah. oh, okay, I get it. Your posters are rectangular, you know, yeah, they're horizontal, yeah. not vertical, like we're accustomed to. But I was like, ah, oh, like... This isn't one poster. This is two posters that you glued together with yeah. the exact same stuff. I could have done that on a PowerPoint. They should have done better. You're right. Good good point there. That's my one thing about the Bellator thing. Because like, we use them for cage side press and all the videos. And I'm like, this is just, eh, you know. Yeah. But okay, look, that, that that's their thing, not mine. Okay, let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, good stuff, pretty much. But yeah, I think the fights will be good. I expect it to be... Uh, also, I want to say they will air New Year's Eve. They're, they're technically the morning of New Year's Eve, not New Year's Day. Okay. Which is to say, December 31st, before the ball drop, you'll probably be able to watch the replay of Bellator Ryzen. Oh, even better. Yeah, I think it happens at like 4 a.m. Western time, so keep that in mind. Okay. Um, that being said... uh. Final event of the year. Uh, I mean, we'll do recap of the year in general next year. Or sorry, next next episode for the MMA Awards show. It is Christmas this Sunday. And as of we are accustomed to, it's a tradition. The holiday gift exchange on MMA Daily. Uh, Natalie, you picked out uh, two fighters. So ladies first, who are the first fighters that you are uh, shopping for? On your oh list. yes, I'm shopping for Dustin Poirier and uh, Magomed Ankalaev. All right, Let's start with Dustin. What did you get, Mr. Poirier? Okay, well, you know he has his hot sauce, his uh, what's it called, diamond hot sauce or whatever. Yeah. And uh, I haven't tried it yet. I assume it's pretty good. He seems like the kind of man who wouldn't put his name on something unless it was a quality product. So, I think uh, I would like to just expose him to different hot sauces from around the world. And so, what I'm going to give him is some Peruvian hot sauce. Uh, well, it's green. It's amazing. You can put it on anything. It's uh, You can put it on french fries, baked potato, boiled potato, steak, chicken, shrimp, bread. That's how we eat it. I mean, you just get, you can literally put it on anything. I don't know if that's the case for his hot sauce. Our our hot sauce is called, uh, ahi is how you say hot sauce, I guess, in, in, in Peru, in Spanish in Peru. It's the best seasoning topping you can you can find for anything sometimes you get it and it's super super spicy sometimes it's not uh you know personally i don't make it 
So I'd have to find a, a Peruvian restaurant to, to whip me up some, put it in a, in a squeezy bottle and, and send it to Mr. Poirier. But I think he would appreciate it. I was thinking something similar. Okay. <laughs> and, you know, he's kind of one of those guys that is like, man, like, yeah, you got everything, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I did think more uh, functional. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I thought, is that okay what about kind of like one of those like for the table like a spinning rack so you could put all your bottles of hot sauce and then just spin it to get the flavor oh you want. like a lazy susan one yes of those things. yes okay yes and i was like okay like i feel like you could really get some mileage out of this mr poirier so <laughs> that was more or less where i was going with dustin i mean gotcha uh, look, I mean, you could go a lot of different ways. Louisiana, you could get him some Pelicans gear, some Saints gear. But yeah, I, I thought, okay, you know, like something for his hot sauce. He could use it. He could get some mileage out of it. That would be my plan. So that's what I had in mind for him. All right. I like it. All right. We can put ours together and there give it go. as a, a group gift. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Now, I had a bit of a dilemma, but I was like, okay, what do I what do I get this guy? So the first guy on my list, Mr. Leon Edwards. So what do you get a guy who's been uh, grinding for years and finally has a UFC championship to speak to upset the uh, welterweight champion of the world, the longtime champion in uh, Kamaru Usman? Life is good. He's most likely going to headline in March, a numbered event in London. And so, okay, I was like, all right, what do we got? I'm not sure if he's a soccer guy. And I tried to find it because I'm like, oh, if he doesn't like football, you know, I I would feel really horrible. But I'm assume he does. I'm assume he likes to rep his home. So I found out that they have a soccer team, Birmingham City FC. I'm going to hook him up two custom jerseys, both colorways, home and away, um, with his uh, name and probably put the event number. I believe he won his title at UFC 277, something like that. So, yeah, a Birmingham FC jersey, two of them, both of them Edwards, both of them number 276 or 277. Wow, that's very clever. I like that. Very creative. Good use of... uh... Yeah, like, uh, you know, thinking out of the box there. I like it. That's something that could be very usable for, you know, a long time. I like that. Uh, mine is also apparel, but but not as fancy. Uh, you know, you, you referenced the, the working man, blue-collar man, and so I thought it gets cold out there in England. Uh, a beanie, but not just any beanie, a Carhartt beanie, good old... Uh, blue-collar American uh, working man's beanie from, uh, from I think, based out of Seattle, Washington. And, um, yeah, I like them. They're quality products, and they're very affordable. You can buy T-shirts and sweatshirts at a, still a very reasonable price. Uh, but I'm going to give him a Carhartt beanie, and since it's Christmas time, I give him a red one, and it'll keep his head warm for the rest of his life. You know what? There you go. That's a great <laughs> gift right there. All right, what you got next? Okay, uh, this one, look, you know, I'm not trying to be mean. It may seem a little mean. So <laughs> when uh, 
Magomed was fighting, um, Lord help me, Jan Blachowicz. Yep. I noticed that he looked, he looked fine, you know, physically, of course, but his hair and his beard, a little, a little bit messy. You know, I'm not saying he needs to look like a, you know, pit bull, you know, <laughs> with the with the well groomed tiny beard. But you know, even if you look at Khabib, Khabib always has a nice, you know, clean haircut. And I thought Magomed's hair looked a little messy. And and this was a two for gift. And his beard was a little scraggly. Could have used some cleaning. You know, we don't have to get too precise there, but. You know, I know the MMA fighters love to rep Manscaped. It's a big sponsor. So I thought I'm going to give them a Manscaped, uh, you know, beard trimmer and a gift card to Fantastic Sam's or, you know, whatever relevant haircutting. Whatever relevant, relevant salon exists in Russia. Exactly. <laughs> Fantastic uh, Vlad. I don't know. <laughs> um so I think that, you know, look, man, I'm not trying to tell you to change your look. You just clean it up a little bit for the biggest fight of your life. That's all. Uh, so, you know, just a little self-love for him, a little a little grooming. Everyone could use some. I think he's just doing a man of the people kind of haircut. You know what I, I know, mean? But, you know, even, I mean, them, a beard brush, you know, I mean, something. <laughs> he's it just, just jumped out at me. It he just, just it let just... it ride. Okay, okay, I get what you're saying. You feel like, okay, you know, you want you, you want him to Khabib with a little bit. You want that beard to look like like Hamzat's just beard. Just put a little effort. Just put a little effort. In, you yeah. want him to Hamzat that beard, like yeah, damn. yeah, exactly, exactly. Like dang, that's a yeah. good beard. Okay, <laughs> all right, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Um, oh my gosh, Magomed is a tough one. He doesn't really share a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, even his socials are pretty you know, business-like, straightforward. That being said, um, I, I'm very aware he likes to go back home to a country that is known for being rather cold in Russia. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, you know, a nice, really fancy, like, coat. Not like a fur coat, but like, you know, those almost like thick ones, almost have like that fake fur in yeah, the hood and yeah. the lining. And I was like, all right, you know, g- give him some, maybe one of his tones, black, white, or gray you know neutral colors i feel like that is gonna be his vibe i think that's something he could get some mileage out of again so yeah i mean i could give him like a magnifying glass or some new glasses not for him for his judges um but i figure (laughs) you know there you go but you know i figure okay yeah yeah so some some new spectacles for the guys judging his fights but nah it's about positivity get him a nice coat that's what's on that's my good. mind that's fair yeah i like that and look man you know us folks here in uh in southern california we love to buy coats and we never get to use them this man will actually put a coat to good use so i like it it's a good there, gift there you go right yeah <laughs> all right um next one um manon fioro so, you know, I always try to see, try to get someone off the beaten path. I think that, you know, most likely our next flyweight title challenger. Um, I was trying to figure out, okay, what does this woman want? She's really proud of her Funko Pops. Mm. And as a fellow oh. Funko fan, I got to say, I you know, very cool. We actually have a lot of the same ones I want to point out. So I was like, all right, you know, this person's on my channel. I get you. Um, yeah. She has a lot of boxing and tennis Funko Pops that okay. they've come out with. However, the tennis ones are rather new. 
And while she has a bunch of them, I felt like I did not see one for uh, Maria Sharapova. And okay. I feel like, okay, you know, like um, outside of Roger Federer and Novak, who I don't think has one, uh, Djokovic, I felt like Maria, okay, you know, I, I feel like Sharapova would probably be one she appreciates. So that's what I was thinking. Uh, Funko Pop of Maria Sharapova, since she's a big fan of tennis. That's a great one. I like, I like that. There you go. I feel like, okay, you, that's something you'd probably want to use. What about you? Yeah, she would put that up. For sure. Uh, so mine is, uh, <laughs> she might, uh, I don't know what the French word for, uh, you know, uh, get out of here is, but um, look, I'm going to tell you something. Starbucks has really upped their food game. You know, it's not gourmet. It's not, but if you're, if you're, you know, um, on the run in a rush and you need, you need some nutrition, Go to Starbucks. You get one of those protein boxes with the boiled eggs and the and the apples and the peanut butter. You know what I'm talking about? Have you ever had one of those? Yes. Yeah, they do the job, right? They give you a little cheese, some grapes. They have sandwiches now. Their grilled cheese sandwiches are amazing. For my money, though, my favorite snack, and my son's as well, is the buttered croissant. She's French, so she knows a thing or two about croissants. <laughs> so she might look at this gift as a huge insult. I would just ask her to give it a try. So my gift to her would be a Starbucks gift card, you know, maybe 25, 30 bucks. I don't know, something so she can get other things too. But I would ask her, require her to use some of that money for a buttered croissant and just let herself enjoy it. It's surprisingly good. It's one of the better croissants I've had all over town here. I try them everywhere. It's reliable. It's soft. It's buttery. It's moist. It's delicious. I think she's going to enjoy it. So a Starbucks gift card with the with the stipulation that she must buy and eat a buttered croissant. Now, so you're saying right here that a woman who comes from the country of yeah. baguettes and croissants, yeah. you're, you're saying this is going to be up to her standards. Am I understanding no, that correctly? No, I've never had, a, I've never been to France. I don't know how <laughs> good they are. <laughs> I assume they're the best. I'm just saying, Manon that you should try this one and 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 realize that it's not bad it's really good i should say it's really good and um in a pinch i think it gets the job done like come on it gets the job done that's all i'm saying all right there we go you're gonna be pleasantly surprised that's all we had to say all right i'm with it i'm with it okay all right well i think our fighters will be very happy i sure hope so because if not we're you know we're in trouble but that's okay um uh, Natalie, can you believe it? Last show of 2022 in the books. We made it. What are we your thoughts it. as we think, of, you know, obviously we'll be back for the MMA, uh, you know, give out our awards in our next episode. But um, yeah, more than likely last show of 2022. What do you think of as we've completed the run? I'm I'm happy with the uh, with the year as it's as it's gone. As I said, you know, a lot of great pay-per-views uh, for Spocking specifically UFC you know, PFL did a good job, you know, not on purpose of creating a lot of drama, you know, big signings that didn't pan out, but that's still made for, you know, a lot of conversation, a lot of intrigue in the promotion. Um, and, you know, Kayla Harrison not ending the year the way she wanted to. That's, I'm not saying that's good, right? Not by any means for her, but it just makes everything a little juicier, a little more interesting for 2023. And, um, you know, Bellator, I think, 
should look to elevate itself a little bit more, however they can, because I think you're right. We had this conversation a few months ago. They're sort of losing their footing as the second, the number two promotion. In fact, you thought that they were no longer, that that belonged to PFL. So, you know, I think UFC still doing their thing. PFL is coming on strong. Bellator needs to, you know, regroup a little bit. And one, that was a, a big victory in my eyes for them. The Amazon Prime deal, the accessibility for U.S. fans to watch. Um, they put on some killer fights, dude. They really do. So, so all in all, it was a fantastic year for MMA. I'm very excited to see what 2023 brings. You know, yeah. it's, it's awesome. Yeah, I thought that the year really... Um... It was about the mixed bag of it all. I think that uh, we had things to digest from PFL, from Bellator, from boxing, crossing over. I mean, I think that combat sports, truth be told, has never been healthier. And I thought 22 was a great example of that. When you talk about the, you know, if you think about it, about last year we were talking a lot of thriller. There was no thriller talk this year, but it didn't even matter. The brand itself, the the... Uh, let me rephrase that the business itself of like the MMA fighters and the boxers I mean we're about to have KSI Dylan Dennis Jake Paul's still out there Vitor Belfort's fighting guys I mean um, although that one did get cancelled but uh, the fact is there's just so much stuff going on and I think that um, when you look at boxing what they have MMA and what's happening it's just a great time and I felt like this year we really got to see that and I, I would say our first real serious post-COVID year um, with so much open again after the last two years. I, I thought it was really something. So I really enjoyed it. Fans, we will not have an episode next week. Like I said, we will be back in the new year to discuss all of, all of the awards, knockout of the year, fight of the year, fighter of the year, etc., etc. So make sure to stay tuned for that. Until then... Have a great and happy holiday weekend. Spend that extra time off with your families if you have the, you know, if given the luxury with your jobs. I hope you all enjoy it. I hope you all have a safe, healthy, and happy new year. Until then, take care.